And she says a line later where she's like, it's about to get really real because the original members are coming to Belfast, she says later. And you think like, oh, wow, we're not just these broke biker club that's in Charming. It's a worldwide organization. Don't you know that the music should be solemn? This is Theo Rossi. This is Theory. And away we go. Hey Theo, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. I mean, I, I I have to tell you, I I don't have COVID, but I just want to share something with you, if I may. Please. Um, being up here in Canada, as you know, we're doing pretty well. Doesn't matter if you are conservative or liberal or independent or down the middle or left or right. You know what we do? We, at least what I'm doing and what all my peeps are doing is we're thinking about. The first responders are thinking about all the nurses and the doctors and the cops and the firemen, Pete on the ambulance, the people who are trying to keep this crazy time somewhat safe. And so this thing right here for me, it's not a political statement. I don't care what you believe. I love you. You and I keep talking about kindness. We keep talking about doing the right thing. You know, it's doing the right thing. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's wearing a mask. And for all those, all those things that I mentioned, I feel, I feel like I can help society. I can help. Every time I turn on the TV, and I know you do the same thing, I don't care if you're in America or Britain or Canada, wherever we are, we see these, these, these horrifying pictures of hospitals and hospitals and now makeshift hospitals and more makeshift hospitals. And so what we need to do from the bottom of my heart is just wear a mask, wear a mask. Let's, 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 let's listen to science. Let's care for one another and wear a mask. When you go home, I'm at home, take it off. See your wife, your kids, your dog, take it off. But when you go shopping or you go in a car or you go walking, that's fine. But if you're close to people, just keep your distance, have fun. I know it's a tough time. We're all struggling with this, but wear a mask. Yeah, it's not a political statement. That's that's all I had to say. Well, I, I mean, that's amazing, and and uh, and and so well said. You know, um, I look at it like, I what can I do to do my part, right? Yeah, what can I do to do my part? And um, you touched on something that is really important. There are people out there, the essential workers, the cops, the firemen, the uh, you know the 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 EMTs, the ER doctors, the the people who are in the mix. And if you really just step back for a second, like just step back from your feelings for a second and realize that their job is to be around people at all times. 100% of the time when they're working. They're they're constantly, when they're working, when they they punch that clock, they're around people at all times. So my whole thing is like, the reason when every time, every time if I, you know, I grab my mask, I have them hanging in the car. You know, if I run into the supermarket or if I'm running anywhere, I'm going to get the kids to school, I got to put them on. Is I think if I come in contact with someone who's an essential worker, yeah. And and I'm doing it as a way because I can't they can't afford we can't no. afford as a people for no. them to be sidelined. To so, go down. Yeah. To go that's down. Right. Um and regardless of the severity of it or regardless of your thoughts about it. So I look at it like um like you said with kindness and uh and I'm just going to that's my part. Like what's my part in this game? In this game that we're all in, this 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 crazy, unprecedented, strange, you know, challenging times. What can I do? What's the least I can do? The least you can do? Right there. 
That's the least. Cover your chin, but because I don't want to see like the end. It's weird. I, 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 I no, yeah. Do you like do you like this better? <laughs> yeah, that's no. weird. It looks like underwear across your face. Um, so but it's been a long time for me. Tig <laughs> Trager stopped a long time ago for me, but that's something he would have done. Yeah, so he that was bad with underwear on his face. Yeah, that was very well said. No, I think he has woken up with like uh, there was times on bars and stuff where you wake up with, like the the lace across his face. Correct. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was re- that was really well said. But no, how how are you, buddy? You're in Canada still. Still in Canada. I'll be coming back to America in mid January. I got a couple more things to film. I know you're yep. getting busy yep. again. I'm. Yep. I, I just got back to my West Coast abode. Toronto was unbelievable. Rena was unbelievable in that little movie we did called Neon Lights. Yeah. Can't wait to share that with the world next it's next so year. Cool. But you know what, buddy? It's um. Here we go. We've got two more gigs. I'm, I'm starting to think about how I need to look. And this guy I'm about to play comes from Buffalo. Ooh, I went to school in Albany. I know Buffalo well. You, you know Buffalo. Up in Buffalo. And Billy Fickner's from Buffalo. Damn straight. We did yeah. Cold Brook in Buffalo. Yeah. Everyone who has seen that movie, we filmed that in Buffalo. So you, know what you, look like, you know what people from Buffalo look like? Cold. They are cold. <laughs> they are. And yet they go out in the wintertime with a big parka and shorts. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why, but that's what they do. Smoking. Ooh. Coffee. Tough. I love Buffalo. I love the Bills. Here we go. Me too. Me too. Uh you good, know. good to see you, man. I'm really sorry about about Rocco. I I, I wanna Yeah. Thank you so much for that. That was uh It was a hard time, Zathia. What a dog he was. Oh my god. Well, you know, I feel like this might be the first time that I could actually talk about it without going Good. down um, with Good. dealing with the grief. I, you know, I've come to, I've done a lot of thinking about it and why it has impacted me the way it did. And I've, I've realized what it is. I've, I'm starting to put my finger on it. I've uh, been experiencing loss. This isn't, I don't wear this as a badge of honor. I've been experiencing it since a very young age, whether it be, you know, birth father, uncle who was, you know, raising me, my Nana who lived with us to, to cousins who's OD'd to suicide within the family to, to animals. And I've learned how to handle them. Certain ones hit me harder than others. Certain ones you have to, uh, hold up a certain way for other people, you know, and you have to, you know, compartmentalize stuff. Rocco was part of him and Benny, who I lost Benny a year and a half ago. They were with me, I say, before I was me, meaning that I did not search them out. I rescued both of them. They came to me through rescues. Benny was in a kill shelter. Rocco was on the streets of Compton. I did not, I didn't want a dog at that moment. And then they were my dog. Like it was just the way it was. And we had this partnership. Then when I then when I met Megan, Megan had Sasha and I had the three of them. When I lost uh, Benny and Sasha a year and a half ago on the same day, I didn't have time to grieve that because I had Rocco. So he was like, hey, let's go. You know, they were old. They were 15 and 16 and they had a lot of health problems and they couldn't really walk as much and they couldn't really jump in the car and they couldn't really come to restaurants and go to set and do whatever. And Rocco was like, now I can do all these things. So he came everywhere with me and over. And while I didn't experience the grief of those two, I 
stayed with him and we got closer than ever because he really was kind of Benny was my guy because I had to carry Benny everywhere. That's he right. Had, uh, you know, Benny had bad legs and, 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 and I was with Benny was like my heart. And then Rocco became, took up all my time. And what I've come to realize in doing this work, and you would understand this doing this work on myself is that we're all uh, distracting ourselves all the time. Whatever we do that with, some people do it with um, the gym. Some people do it with their relationships. Some people do it with work. Some people do it with uh, booze, drugs, alcohol. Some people do it with fantasy football. We, we're always distracting ourselves from being with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and when Rocco passed so suddenly, he was completely fine. I came back from my movie I was doing in, uh, in Toronto and, and next thing you know, lymphoma. And next thing you know, it's over. He's, he's gone. Yeah. Boom. And my routine, my, my getting up in the morning and walking two miles with him and my, and my, and my taking care of him, which, you know, shutting the alarm on the house, letting him out the door and, and, and cleaning up after him and doing everything. Like, what is, is he okay? That distraction. And I use that in a different way that, that part of my life now is gone. And what it did is it brought up the other, the loss of the others. And at the same time, it, it made me have to think about Every bit of loss I've ever had. Mm. So it all hit me like a fucking avalanche. And I had not realized that since all of those things have happened since I was young, I've been distracting myself. And the way I always usually work through it is what we do for a living in acting, in scenes, in characters. And that's how I work through it and going to a therapist. You and I have talked about this and, you know, talking to friends and getting stuff out. And um, so when I say that these guys, Benny and Rocco, really the most have been with me before I was me, they were with me when you met me. I got Rocco in 08. I got Benny in 04 when I was still drinking and partying and, and, and not married and didn't have kids and, and nobody knew me. Like literally if, if they met me, they might've been thinking I was going to pick their pocket. Not that I was on a show that they loved. So this was like the last tie to my old self. Yeah. And, um, and it hit me really hard and I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm navigating it. I'm going back to a lot of the things that I, my favorite books are like The Alchemist and 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 uh, The Prophet. And a friend just sent me this absolutely amazing book, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and the and the Horse, which I think everybody should read. And um, yeah, and it's funny on the last show that we did, I was apparently I ended the show by saying he was coming on this road trip with me to L.A. to film this movie, so he was going to go to see, see his girlfriend. girlfriend one last time. Yeah, yeah. So um, what what I came to realize is that uh, he couldn't do it. And, um, and such is life. And, um, and, uh, and I thank every single person. They've been so amazing online because it was a way to me to grieve a little by putting out some stuff about him and writing a letter to him. And the response has been overwhelming. I'm not good at that stuff. Probably one of, one of the big problems I have is taking that in, taking any type of love in. I'm not really great at that. Um, and it was amazing to see. So your words and, uh, and everyone out there who uh, responded is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Dogs are pretty special human beings. And even though they're not humans, they are, we love them and they love us. And you said something amazing on, on, on social media about you're not sure about a person who, who doesn't like dogs, but a dog you trust in knowing what kind of a person yeah. they're around. And I, I just got to tell you, like Benny, when I first met Benny, you had him before Rocco, before I met Rocco. 
he he was your dog. Mm-hmm. He was he saw you do all that he saved your life. I mean, that dog yeah. was right. But he for me, he liked me from the get-go. Yeah. He he knew me from the get-go. Yeah. Rocco took a while, took a minute. Like he almost hit my took my head off once, jumping over top of me to get a ball. <laughs> yeah. And like honest to God, that dog was so full of all your dogs have been amazing. But when it's time to go, they let you know. Yeah, he let me know. And he let you know, Dad. Say hi to my girl for me in LA because I've I've got to go now. Yeah. And one day I'll tell the story of, you know, just like how Benny did save my life. Everybody knows that story. I will tell this story of how I knew he wanted to go. And there's so many elements in it from an animal communicator to things he was doing. Beautiful. That I, it's almost like I'm in a movie and I can't, I can't, I'm still figuring it out, but I've never been clearer on a message. And basically what he was saying is Benny suffered for a long time. I carried Benny everywhere. I would give him shots every week in his, you know, of Adequan. I would, I had him on all these different things for his legs. And I remember and CBD. I remember Rocco would have none of that. He was like, I am either going to be one way and I am not a sick dog. It's all or nothing for me. And uh, when he started his chemo, it was very clear. So yeah, man, you know, listen, I don't I don't know. I've never lived. This is a weird time for me. I've never lived a single day of my life without a dog in it. I've been away from my dogs for six months filming or five months. I've never lived like without having them in my life. I don't have any animals right now. So I almost feel slightly lost. And um, I think once I'm back in uh in Austin from LA, I will remedy that and I'll find uh, a few more to rescue. And I, I, I've already started the process and, um, hopefully they, uh, there'll be more my kids' dogs than, than mine, I'm sure, but I'll still be doing everything. But, it's um, time. It's time to have the boys with a dog because they're almost of age where they can actually say they're going to help. They won't, yeah. uh, it, it's still up to you and Megan, but man, oh man, I was like, yeah, I was around a dog my whole life. So anyway, if yeah. I had a godfather right now, I would fucking toast Rocco because I, uh, I did. I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did when I found out. I love that boy. Yeah. All right. So here uh, we go. Here we go. So we're, we're, we're following up to last week's. We like doing these two in a row. We are season three, episode five, turning and turning. Um, Why? Why? Okay. So I have an idea. Why? Why? I thought about that. I got the home last week. Home. Yeah. That, yeah. But turning and turning. What? What? Okay. What? So here's my thought because i really i really like this episode you'll be wrong but go ahead go yeah ahead. i will be and i gotta tell you i am really turning the page on season three like i did not like season three when we were filming it i thought you're flipping it you're flipping yourself flipping aren't you it. there are so many good episodes in season there's some three. shit going on in three man so i think the turning and turning is you have to realize one thing Gemma is in the hospital bed the entire the entire show she never gets out of it i don't know she, she didn't have bed sores or something. She and she, and she, she didn't put makeup on. No. She went full method, man. Full method. That, bo- that bottom lip was going on. I mean, she was She's full method. The turning and turning, I think, is that it's all going through that hospital room. Like every single thing just keeps happening and coming like back that. in there and coming back. So it's like, she's constantly like moving. Like even when she goes to rest stalls there, like it's always like it's turning and turning. I think it's somehow in relation to Gemma. 
probably wrong, but it feels like it's somehow in relation to her being the center point and everything's turning and turning around it. I like that a lot. I'm going to add to that. And I would have said the same thing. And I'm just going to add to that in that we learn in this episode about Ireland and Maureen and the John Teller and there's Clay and Gemma. We'll get to that scene in a minute where they look at each other and go, okay, do we, do we, do we bring up the past? Yeah. The, the brain is turning, so turning, turning past to now to the future. Oh yeah. I love that around the hospital. The bad She's man. the center and it's turning love around it. her. So before we get into that, I just want to say one thing really quick that we forgot. And it's really important. What's that shirt you're wearing? Do you know what it's, you know what that shirt's called now? Sold out in like five days. You see the back? Yeah, it's really obscured. I think you're that's oh, fine. I, I I have I have the mask on the back and it's sold out. Like fast. And here's the thing. I'm wearing what the hell? This is the standard print company sent me this. Oh, nice. They sent that to me as like, hey, we didn't expect this. Like, we did not think that. The Sam, the Sam fam was going to be like converging on this merch like that. They thought they were going to sell. A you want to talk about hyenas? You want to talk about it? They hyenaed this. They stuff jackaled. Out. They jackaled. They jackaled like they we jackaled did it right out. And I felt so bad because there's a lot of people that didn't get them, and uh, th- we literally did not think this. We made very few, and I and I and big big huge huge thanks to Cesar Arvello again. Caesar. I said it last for the designs and him and I coming up together and, and the standard print shop. So um, just know that because of that, there are some really cool things in the work that you and I briefly discussed that we'll see again. This is like, we are trying to, because we don't like anybody to be disappointed. That's kind of our thing. So I just wanted to do that quick. So let's, um, let's jump in, Kim, let's do it. I love that you I love that you said that. And I do love that this merch, we're calling it the merch, the Reaper Reviews merch. The people from around the world, man, and Caesar, he's he's getting them done. First stuff sold out. We sold out in six days. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make Megan, some people Megan happy. asked me, Megan asked me for that shirt that you're wearing. She said, Can I get it? No. I go, it's sold out. No, it's sold goes, out. She goes, What do you mean? I said it's sold out. I said, I have mine. She goes, Yours is too big. I said it's sold out. Sold and, out. And literally the standard print shop's like, it's sold out. We told you. Yeah. We're not. Diana Diana goes, do I, do I have one? I go, no. No. She goes, can I use one for a nighty? I went, no. <laughs> well, we got three. Sorry. I'm Kim Coates. I'm Tim but we're, but we're on it. Um, and uh, so we're, 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 we're doing it. Um, okay. The preview. Preview. Yeah. There's a line in the preview that I have said in my head. Since we've seen it, and I love it, we don't recognize you, bullshit MC. I've always loved that line that Clay says. You know, uh, it sounds stupid, but when we were in that world, you and I, like into the club world, like I don't recognize your bullshit MC is such a like such a powerful like club line. Like your, it's it no, it's it's like you know, you're not even AAA, you're not even double A in baseball terms, you're not even a team. Like we're, we're, we're the New York Yankees. So I don't know who, who you think you are. You're yeah. not even a fucking MC club. Don't That's recognize it. your bullshit. I mean, it's so funny. And, and Perlman used to love delivering those lines, man. Those are the easiest things for him to do. And sometimes it reminds me of 
how big Sons of Anarchy was because we were in charming with our little unit where I always felt like we were like five or six guys with a few other guys and this and that. And then when you think like Sons is worldwide, like I don't even yeah. know what the number was, the, the charters that are all over the world. A lot. A lot. And it all started in charming. That's right. And she says a line later where she's like, it's about to get really real because the original members are coming to Belfast. She says later. And you think like, oh, wow, we're not just these broke biker club that's in charming. It's a worldwide organization. We are broke. We never have money. <laughs> but we are a worldwide, huge, 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 huge organization around the it's world. It's so cool to think that and that and that and that line made me uh think that so we do our preview um i realized that i had already forgotten everything about last week's episode so that's how i knew i was in trouble don't yeah don't even have to talk about it yeah so clay and Gemma hospital scene she's handcuffed to the bed okay um so so i I, i'm gonna say she's handcuffed to the bed and i gotta say and i realized I'm, i'm gonna say it right now this is the first show that I can ever remember, and we've wa- now watched 18 or 19. we got a lot to go. It's very exciting. There's no opening song. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. And do you know what else? There's no final song. It's the first time in the history that I've been watching these shows that we have no first oh. song and we have no last song. This show did that. So we'll talk about that when we get to okay. the end. All right. So here's Clay. Bending down, and I got to tell you, Theo, it was so Beauty and the Beast for me, man. He, the way he, <laughs> he is like, a former did, beast. Yeah, and he was. And he won an Emmy for it, for fuck's yeah. sake. And, and here he is sitting down nice and gentle beside his wife. And she's all beat up. And the heart attack, was it a heart? We don't know yet. And, yeah. and, and he picks up her hand, and that big mitt of his lifted up her. And it was so Beauty and the Beast, man. It was exactly yeah. and- from... And they're still in that moment. We don't know a lot. It's season three. Their rift hasn't come yet. There hasn't been, you know, there's still the Gemma Clay and and where the audience has always been, are they the real bad guys? Like, you know, are they the real, you know, and this, and this episode kind of peppers that a little more. Then we go to uh, the church meeting, which I kind of dug that. I didn't, I didn't even remember that. I I just wrote down, I go, juicy. What a nice, calm scene in the hospital chapel. There are, there are not many calmer, caring scenes with the boys. Yeah. They were just so nice. It was a different kind of bent for all of us. Right? Charlie's I don't remember ever fun. filming it. I don't remember ever being Not there. a clue. I don't, I don't remember. All I know is when I was looking at it, I was like, my mohawk is the size of a landing shirt. It was this big. It was so wide. And I remember we were testing some things. But when we were in that scene, there was no one yelling. <laughs> there was no one like it was all love. And it was just, it was so cool to not see us around a table. It was calm. It was calm. It was calm. Tommy was calm. Boone couldn't be any calmer. Yeah. He was half asleep. I mean, we were just so calm. It was a beautiful little scene. All right. It was. It was. And again, we're planning for money as always. We never have money. So now Jax and everyone in the room tells Gemma everything. Um, Maureen Ashby is hiding. They're hiding something, right? About I, 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 and, I, and I said to you, I mean. Um, when Maureen, when Maureen's name comes up, was that a loaded look between Clay and Gemma 100%. or I'm on steroids? Yeah, it was a loaded look, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 uh oh. Like, like now that Belfast and Maureen Ashby has been brought up, 
there is the potential for a tremendous amount of unraveling, which if I can remember anything, I believe is the beginning of the unraveling. It is. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. So that moment becomes one of, if not one of the most important moments in the television show's entire canon of seven years, eight years, right? For sure. And for sure. And, and you know, it's going to be so emotional whenever Gemma's lower lip started to quake, started to shake. It's on. Oh no. Emotions are coming up. And she did it at the end of that scene. Here we go. What, what the fuck's going to happen? And, and again, just humor me for a second. What's coming is that Maureen and JT were hooking up. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. Why is that such a big deal? Well, I think uh, Kurt Sutter always talked about the need. And I, and I, I I heard that Landgraf and the bit of FX clan fought him on this, the need to go to Ireland. He had to take this folklore of Sons of Anarchy to Ireland. And the reason why he needed to get to Ireland is to, is to figure out, We've seen all we've we've been through. We've, we filmed all seven seasons, Theo. So you and I know at the end what it all meant. But sure. there's a, there's a point here at the beginning of season three, early episode four and five, where wait a minute, Maureen Ashby, what is she? What's going on? And this this whole thing with John Teller, when John Teller went to Ireland with Mac and Pearl back in the day, original nine. Teller went there. He went to fucking Ireland. And you know who he met? Maureen Ashby. You know what? She was really young. She was really pretty. I don't know what was going on, but Jax was a boy. A boy. It was very, very early, and, and Gemma didn't go. And, and so is she the other knows. girl his daughter? No. Oh, well. I, I think, I think Zoe, be, right? Again, this, yeah, I, I feel like that John, might be his John, daughter. John Teller's daughter. Oh, wow. I think it is. And again, I don't know if this get is the true. Fans I, I this. Yeah, get the fans Dude, on this. Would you do something? Do something for, yeah. you know, stop looking so pretty. Get the fans yeah. on this. There's, a, kid, we'll, there's we'll a bunch of fans that. who know all this. Guy Ivan Black, he writes all the time. He knows it. The girl, he uh, knows the girl who we've just uh, come join the murder, that handle. They Zoe, know it. Yeah. 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 But anyway, you put, you put something in my head and I like that. I like shit in my head. So yeah, we'll too. see. Okay. Right. So, so here's the other thing where I think this is why this is important. And again, completely wrong. Remember most of the show we're guessing. Is it, is it that important? Because when John made that decision and fell in love with Maureen, maybe that he wanted to stay in Belfast. Is that when Clay and Gemma started to conspire against him because he would have ruined the whole MC and maybe he didn't want to be in sons anymore because he fell in love with Maureen. Again, I could be making up my entirely own storyline right now. I don't know if this is true because I don't, know the show that well but i do want to i'm very curious of why this is happening why they're so frantic about him finding out about maureen hey you know listen listen man i don't i don't know about the one-on-one you know cheating on your wife syndrome or the books that are written or whatever that is but john teller what we do here from piney is he lost his way he just Mm -hmm. lost his way Clay Morrow, Clay Morrow talks about John Teller losing his way. And so he was struggling, uh, uh, John Teller, uh, Jax's dad. He was struggling with a few things. And a lot of them were good things that he struggled with. The anti-violence side of the club. The, they, they were good, respectable ideas that he wanted to take the club on a different path. But the boys like Clay Morrow and Mac. Guns, was, guns they, and they, they, no, no, that's not, yeah. how, that's not how the sons rolls. 
And Gemma, maybe she did find out early. Maybe she did find out about this little tryst that he was having. Who knows? Who knows in this show? But Gemma is the matriarch, as you just said, turning and turning. We're going around this goddamn hospital bed for the whole show. She's still running shit. And she wants to be told the truth about everything. But when you hear Maureen in that scene and the clay that the, the look that Clay and Gemma have, it's on. The right. stuff and, that's and going again, on in Ireland. And that's also she's now Gemma's processing that everybody just fucking lied to her about Abel. Every exactly. single person in that room. And exactly. Tara was actually with her at Nate's house at all these places and was lying the entire time. And she has to now reckon that. And we're going to get to a scene later with Tara and Gemma that is just outrageous. Okay. So then we go. Jackson clay have this little meeting outside in the hall. And it's a really yeah. great line. He says, McGee is first nine. You think he would lie to us? Like yeah. that would be almost improbable. That's he's first nine. He would never do you anything against the club. The the thing that clubs have is if if they have nothing else, it is honor and brotherhood. And within the club, why do you think we have those chapel meetings all the time? Why do we think we always go to church? That's the cell phones get left outside on the pool table. Mm -hmm. It's to be as honest as a club can be. And the thought of McGee lying about something like that, that's heavy. You can't even process something like that. And so, yeah, that needs to be talked about. Right. So. Okay, so then Clay and Gemma back in the hospital. They start talking about what will be found out in Belfast. They're leading us down this rabbit hole, right? All the stuff yeah. we just discussed. She says she's turning herself in and she's too old to run, right? Everything is crumbling for Gemma and she seems to be accepting her faith. And that's a really weird thing because as a son, as now as an audience member, because I'm really watching this from a complete outside for perspective, sure. I'm sitting here going, Wow, is she giving up? Like, that's not the Gemma I know. Like, she's going to fight this, but she really is so convincing. And I think she believes it when she says, I'm too old to run. Like, I'm going to turn myself in. I've made a deal. And she's kind of had this thing where whatever, we don't know what the deal is yet, but the deal is that she's going to go in, probably get the deal of the deal is the deal about the deal is, yes, go ahead. That she's going to turn herself in and know that Stahl is, we don't know what Stahl has offered her or what this is yet. Okay. So now um, we get to the bar. I just want to get to this bar scene with Jax, with the IRA. Because this guy, Luke, works for Jimmy O. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Jimmy O is a representative of the true IRA, correct? Jimmy, see, this is where things get confusing with me because uh, the father, uh, Conan, who's in Ireland, everything for him is about the army. Everything's about the army, which I think is the IRA. Everything is about the army. And Jimmy O. How much do you know about the IRA? A little bit. Okay. I don't know much about it. That was way before your time. I mean, that was Bobby Sands time. That was the early 80s when things were getting blown up in England everywhere. It was a really, really rough, violent time for, for both sides, really, truly. Okay. But Catholics against Protestants, I mean, it's religious-based. Anyway, Jimmy, Jimmy's a fucking gangster. He's a gangster. And he wants to sell guns and make lots of money. I don't know if he gives some of that money to the army. But there's, there's, there's a, a bit of a, a, a rift right now between the father and Jimmy o over in Ireland. Maureen's in the middle. She cares about that baby. The baby needs his da. 
zda, just needs mm-hmm. a zda. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, it's a bit confusing as to who's, who's on whose side, but this Luke sitting at the bar, you know, him and Jimmy are thick as thieves. Charlie's now starting to hear some shit. And he, and he, and he says to him, he goes, if Jimmy and you are lying, <laughs> talk about foreshadowing. If someone's lying here, when he says to Luke, I am going to find out and I will hunt Jimmy down. And when I do, I'm going to stick chips on him and he's going to cut him from ear to ear. And I'm sitting here thinking again, because I and I just had to remind myself, you know, the Irish Republican Army, the IRA, whatever. And I'm thinking I've obviously heard a lot. You know, everything I study in history is like always they're mentioned, but I've never really gotten deep into that. And I don't want to speak on it. But I was like, is this motorcycle club threatening a high ranking member of the IRA? I thought that kind of whatever. But I love like when he tied Chibs in because obviously Chibs has a deep history there, right? And they tied that in. Chibs has we know this deep history with Jimmy O. And I thought my my first thought was that's unrealistic that Jax would do that. And then my second thought was, well, maybe not because his son is missing. And if your son's missing, you're a man on fire, right? We know that you'll do whatever you need to do. Oh, not not only is that true, but Jax knows very little about the army or the IRA, and he doesn't give a fuck. His son son was stolen. Some shit went down in a room with Tara and Halfsack and Cameron, and and something went wrong, and Stahl got involved, and mom got... Now and the baby's gone? The son has nothing to do with anything. And it's his own son, it's his only son, and he's going to lose his shit. So Luke at that table, again, those little meetings, man, we, we popped those things off in like two shots. Yeah. It was a, it was he, a he has a great line at the end. He says, uh, no need to get theatrical boys. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. <laughs> so what a good. Great, great line. What a great line. Sutter, Sutter, you know, cause don't get theatrical here. We'll, we'll yeah. get this all figured out. Okay. So now Jem is in the hospital and Dayton comes in. His pants are up to his nipples. He's coming in. He's right. <laughs> So can I ask you a question? Because I know you know Dayton so well. I know Dayton so well. But I got to ask you something, Theo. In in here, it, it, it's like Unsus doesn't have his, like you just said, the pants are, there's a nice egg commercial going on right Oof. now in Canada about the eggs. And what's so weird about eating eggs? And they show the guy in his pants are up to his nipple. Yeah. So he goes, no, what, what you're wearing is weird. What you're wearing is weird. Here's Dayton in his, in his civvies, his completely, you know, yeah. civilian Sears clothes. Sears catalog. Sears catalog. Sears catalog. I love that. And he goes. I got to be a cop for a while. Yep. Now, it's funny, Theo, to watch this show and to go to work and to work as hard as we all did. My answer shit was so full of he's working for us, but he's a cop. And we know that, but he's working for us. When he gets so honest like that with Gemma, he answer didn't get a chance to do that that often until yeah. near the end. And this is, I think, is honestly, I mean, he's trying to keep everything peaceful and charming and it's not working. Well, I'm going to tell you, I read a lot that the most, a lot of people say this, the two most tragic characters on Sons of Anarchy, they say are Juice and Opie, right? Just tragic because 100%. they didn't, um, they weren't supposed to be there. They kind of against their own wills. They weren't, uh, this wasn't intentional. It was things done to them. I got to say, I might throw Unser into that category. Into that soup bowl? I would. And here's why. 
I think Unser had such a deep love for Gemma, like a love love. I think he was in love with her. I think that's the love of his life. That's my personal opinion. Dayton might argue with me. And I think that he's. We got to have that conversation with him. That I know. I think it is. I think it is. Great, I think man. Kurt would say it is. And I think Dayton might say it's not because he just likes to disagree with everything. But I think that he, because of that, he would risk everything for her. Right? It's true. You could tell him anything and he'll disagree. He'll that. argue. He'll disagree. I right. love it so much. Before he even hears what you said, he'll just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's no, 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 no. Nah, it's not true. I hated everybody. I hate you. <laughs> and I go, come on, buddy. Call me. We love each other. Um, listen. So the thing is, is that I think that he had such a deep love for her that he, he would have done anything. But he also had to press a line because he's so morally, he's a good guy. Like he's a morally yeah. good guy. He's not morally yeah. bankrupt like a lot of the other characters. I think that only one, there are certain characters that are written. I think Tig's one of them. You know, I, I think Dayton is, Unser could not have been played by anybody else because like we say, we use the word gravitas. Dayton has something about him that is in his voice and in his action, but he also has such soulful eyes that you're, you're blown away by it. So um, I would love to talk to him about that. And I think that that scene was the most vulnerable, maybe till the end with him. I, I, I agree. He hit, hit it right out of the park. What an easy day for him not to put on a uniform to come in and just be with Gemma. Talk about me being with Gemma on Gemma Island in those first three episodes of this season. But now she's in the freaking hospital. She almost had a heart attack. She's got arrhythmia. Her heart's on, off, on, off. We see this in the show a couple of times. And Dayton gets to just go to the hospital and, and be honest. It's, I, I, it's just great. So the All upcoming right. scene is uh, you got to talk about this because it's lumpy. First thing we did, let's talk about us back in the bikes. And we just talked about this. Is this bizarre? Okay. So. I, I'm glad you brought this up because if you forgot, because you're young and you're all over the map these days, I, I was going to bring this up. But that that bike pull in with you, Bobby, and me, we just talked about it. Last week. That that was like 5.7, 5.8. Oh, the Russian judge gives us a 6.0. Like we nailed it. Nailed it. We nailed that swan in backup. They used it. They used it in the movie. Never use it. They never used it. So honestly, what it makes me think of is obviously I'm I'm the sergeant in arms, so I'm going to be in front, and then Bobby's secretary, then you're. But the three of us, we fucking nailed it. And you know, we only had like one shot. One shot because they weren't going to use it anyway. And I'm and I'm sure they went. Wait, did we get that? (laughs) Was the focus? Was the was the focus good on that? They they they're going to be like. Move it on. Move, Move it, it on. on. We got it. I can't we believe we got it. Couldn't and they believe. kept it. They got it and kept it. So then we go into Lumpy. I can't help myself watching um, extras. It's just what I do. I don't ever. I, I can't tell you. We were watching. All I do is watch extras. I don't watch. <laughs> and you're boxing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watch extras and I watch these guys playing patty cake in the back. And they weren't really hitting each other. And. Because they probably unloaded on each other the first 42 takes. And we probably can't do it. They're going, we're in Sons of Anarchy. We're going to be in the shot. They were knocking each other. Knock each other. Yeah, we're going to Theo, when you come in, could you be a little cut? Okay, we're going to fuck this. And the other guy's like, don't hit me anymore. I don't. And and they're just like in the background. (laughs) 
Lumpy was an interesting character. He's obviously a charming uh, person who's been around for a while, but it's the only time we ever see him. Correct. We got one more show coming up with him, with me, okay. with me and me and Kuzik. We get in a boxing match, kind of. No, no, he comes a couple of times. But what I remember about him, two things. He was a fan of the show. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. He'd watched every episode. And so he, God, I wish I knew his name. I just do so many. We've worked to so many people, but I, I love him sure. dearly. He added all our, all our names in every take. Hey, Tig. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Juice. Hey, Juice. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Tig. He was so familiar with us as uh, Tig, Bobby, Juice. He used it. He just added it. And I just thought that was so uh, so personable. Yeah, his name is Lumpy uh, Feldstein is his character name. And it's played by Michael Fairman. Michael. Michael. This is his debut episode. And um, I got to tell you something. You're so right. Because I was thrown. When I'm leaving and he goes, Do you great remember seeing that? you, Juice. And he Juice. says the name. No. no one ever says that. No one. And and come on. And I, I'm so glad that you remembered that now because that, I, you know, you're so real. You listen, you respond. And that, he just, throughout the entire couple of times we saw him, it was always, it's like, it's a very polite thing to do, to call you by your name. And in fact, I must say that uh, I've, I've taken boxing a few times. They call you a fucking name, man. They call you a name. You're a name. You're a name. You have a name. And 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 they stick with it. And it's great. He did a great job. He really did. And, he, and again, it showed that old school. Uh, again, there's layers to this, right? It shows the depth of charming. He's had a business there forever. The other ones are all going under. We're up in uh, like Santa Clarita or wherever we are Correct. Now filming that. And you're seeing all these other places go out of business. And you could tell that this is a guy who's been there for a long time and here juices, you know, dealing steroids in the back, you know, with some tattooed guy. And, uh, and we, we now know this guy a long time and I love seeing those connections. Me too. Um, okay. So now hospital again, now we're back with Jack's Gemma clay, Gemma making the call and then stall walks in stall. Okay. is Fucking great. In that scene. Not only is she fucking great, I wrote down, Did I, I got to call Allie later today and ask her, but did she go into therapy when this season was over <laughs> as a human being? Like, I'm so bright here now. I got to try and shift a little yeah, bit shift here. It, shift it. There you go. I don't know. Here, I'll just go right there. Anyway, Theo, Allie Walker. Even I'm starting to get like, oh, no, not you again. Oh, oh no. It's going to be. And here's poor Gemma. She's just trying to trying to grasp the levity of the, the, the grandson is gone. And Char- Charlie and, and, and Ronnie keep coming in the room. And now, dun, 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 uh, stall, Darth Vader. Here yeah. she comes. I mean, fuck me. What and, a part. And again, and, and, and like you said, it's such a part. There's so many layers to her part, which we see a lot of it in this episode. I mean, when, when he goes to the house later and the, girl, the girlfriend and all this right? kind of stuff. But fuck, let me tell you something. Like you just said, how did she carry this with her? We, I, I'm, I'm almost positive that her, her and John have a bunch of kids, right? You know they, they, they do. She's beautiful family. She's, yeah, beautiful family. She's John Langer, home, yeah. being a mom, doing her. Hi, thing. I'm home. <clears throat> and she stalled. Just a minute. And so I people, always, people always, people always ask I got a shower. Yeah, I got a shower. People always I ask my clothes me, off. How do you get out of this? 
when you're filming all the time, and especially like when I got into season four, five, six, and seven, when you got into the stuff with your daughter, when you got into the stuff that's going on later, it's hard to watch that stuff. It's fucking hard. And for someone like her, who's pretty evil, like there's really not a lot of redeeming qualities here, you know, and we've always said, find the gray in the evilness. Um, because we play a lot of bad guys. You got to find, you know, bad characters, I should say. She's downright evil. She set up this woman. She's doing everything for her own success. And the, the not the actor, Agent June Saul, the character, Allie Walker, has to go home to her family and have some and cook a cook a turkey sandwich for her, for her kids. But that's still in here. And she's buying that turkey at the local Sobeys. And she walks in there. This is pre-COVID. We were all wearing masks now. Yeah. This is Ali Watt going, hey, God, I hate you on that show. <laughs> You're so good, but I hate you. On I that. hate you. Over and over and over. That's how fucking good Ali was. Because, because, and again, we know with the fan base of Sons, you know, whatever it is all over the world, like people hated Juice and like, Juice wasn't that bad of a guy. I can't imagine how much they hate Stahl. <laughs> like they hated me. No, pe- people never hated Juice. Uh, I have to correct you on that. What people started to realize was they got sucked in to this incredible story. They got so sucked into this writing. They got so sucked in, like like true fans always will, that you you can't separate certain moments from a fictional show. They they, they get so. So in it, they want it. And this is the, this is the genius of great writing. You just want a family dramedy, little comedy, comedy, little drama, but the guy always gets the girl. The grandpa always gets to be with grandma and the pumpkin pie is cooked. But when you fuck all that up and you make something like sons of anarchy, you have an opinion on everybody. If you get hooked and sons hooked millions of people around the world. So no one disliked juice. They just want to, to fucking talk did I ever, about it. Did I ever tell you this story? You were with me. Uh, you So you have to remember it and you might not. Because it's happened to you. We were, we were young in the game. So I think it was definitely season four. Season four was airing. And you and I were doing an appearance somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. In Arizona at a motorcycle shop. Sure. For something. Another be it was a charity or whatever it was. And, and it was, we were at this giant motorcycle shop. We were separated, which we never do. We never hated, did. Again. I, I, I hated that. We hated it. It's like we're, was, we're twins in the show. You can't separate us at but birth. Like that. You can't. Us. Yeah, Theo, I'm going to take you over there. It's Kimbo. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you so mean? So you were on one side of this giant dealership and I was on the other side and people were lining up to see us and come and meet us. And we love that. That's what we do. But they were serving a lot of booze and it's an open carry state. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm looking at these lines of people who are there for us and the lines are forever. Ginormous. Ginormous. Like people don't understand it. Like this is right when it was like at its pinnacle. Starting to take right the fuck off. Right. And people would wait and wait and wait. But while they were on the line, one friend would go get beers and bring them back and they'd be drinking. If they're waiting an hour or two hours, they'd be drinking and drinking the whole time. And this one guy was getting closer and closer and he's got his gun on his. Oh, no. Yeah, man. And he's screaming 
you fucking rat. I can't wait to get up there. You rat. I'm gonna, I can't believe you're such a rat. And I'm thinking, first of all, why is he so angry? And why has he been waiting online this long if he actually? So people are like, hey, that's Theo. That's not Juice, right? Like, you know, they're trying to like, but he's gone. He's hammered. He's got his gun on him. And that's the first time where I was like, hmm. shit, this, hmm. this person might not be able to blur the lines. Maybe I should go for a pee break right now. And just and so that's say, what I did. I was like, I was like, this guy's getting closer and closer. He doesn't seem to be letting up. And he actually, in his mind, thinks I'm juiced. And I'm not. And again, it's like, you know, how, oh, the, you know, it's like how disappointed people get when they meet me and they go, tattoos aren't real in your head. <laughs> <laughs> they like literally get disappointed. <laughs> At first, they're excited because they're like, oh, oh, man. Hey, Theo. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, your tattoos aren't real in your head. And I'm like, oh, no, it's, <laughs> no, no, they're not. It's like I just shaved my head. Yeah. But but that was one of those moments where I went. So when I think about that and I think about stall, I'm like, man, is she must. I'd love to ask her if she had any run-ins with people who were like, I, I, I hate can't stand the way you are. Yeah. And her being like, no, it's just I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting chicken right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, ah. I, I love being on the show. I'm an actor. I just stop. But it, you yeah. used to get that all the time yeah people were just so enamored with how weird jake was and how goofy and strange and psychotic and funny and and half the time because that show once once we all found our look once i found tig's look and it's on full display in season three like i had long hair and you know the longer we filmed i tried to keep my hair uh, for that last two or three seasons and did the best i could we all had to work on movies on our off time which we did happily but i i was pretty i was pretty cognizant of trying to stay within that so when people would see me and as we now know i i look exactly the same i, I haven't changed a, no, bit. I I wear, changed a bit i wear glasses no, now i die i die this just just for men does a good Let job on the side touch of gray but touch of gray. little little touch of gray man but yeah. yeah people people were either scared shitless and couldn't say anything when they met me or they they were like just so thankful but still shaking or, or they were just, they broke right through that bubble and wanted to hug and like that show. And you got that all the time too. So, yeah. Anyway. So, so again, I just, because the stall thing at that moment in that scene is some of the most evil I've ever seen her. My land, Oof. the landscapers are here. So if you hear something, it's uh guys are doing their thing. Okay. Um, let me, so we go, we go from that to the chicken man. Okay. No, we That's, don't No, Not yet. Is there something in there? Back to Belfast. Something? Back to Belfast. Oh, it's a good little oh. phone scene. Oh. So Belfast, by the way, again, can I just give major props up to Medina and those guys for the prop, for the setup and the way the, the set looked? It's not Belfast. We all know this. We're going to talk about this later. It's, 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 uh, he really, it's the, ba- it's the back lot of Fox studios where we were at. It's the back lot, man. Yeah. But it really did Street, like you, when you're homes, watching the show, it store. changes. And when, it, it when you watch the show, it changes. Like your eye goes, oh, I'm in Belfast or I'm in Charming. Like the the, yeah. the lighting changes. The, the Yeah, did a great job. What a great job. So they have that phone call with Jax. And oh, is that is that when that is? All right. Yeah. Cool. Did you say her name is Zoe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She uh, she plays. Uh, Ashby's well, daughter. 
Maureen Stark. Yeah, yeah. But what's her name? Trinity. 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 Her name's Trinity. Got it. Ashby. Zoe Boyle is her name. Zoe. Young. Beautiful. Great actor. Yeah. Trinity. Yeah. So that's right. I forgot about that little scene. Go so ahead. They have that we'll little scene, it. and it's a it's a great little scene, right? Of of you know him not wanting to say who he is, and her. There's that kind of back and forth, and I I maybe I had a dream about this. This is probably not real. They'll say it in the comments. There was this part of my mind that thought they were brother and sister, or half half brother sister. But again, well, let's just wrong. let's just let the season play out because there's some meetings coming up between the two. Okay. I remember that. So just let's just wait to see how the season plays out. But certainly there's Trinity not having anything of it. And Jax won't have anything of it, but he wants to give the information and they do. All right, cool. So go to the chicken man. Okay. So now the chicken man, like, I, look, I don't even know how to say this, but for me and for my money, if I'm in Vegas and I'm playing 21, whenever I know they're going to give you a mission and it's going to be funny. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm sitting there with all my chips. I'm going, I know I'm going to get a 21 or certainly two Kings. I'm going to get, I'm going to win this hand. There's you, me and Bobby. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's me. And Bobby. Uh, yeah. That was and, the trio, that episode. And, and we're letting you go, go do your thing. Go yeah. figure it out. Cause you knew the chicken man. Now I I, I'm just going to say one thing about it. Then we'll talk about the actual scene. David Marciano who plays Chicken Man. From the show. We were we were in the Last Dawn together. The Last Dawn Part oh, Two up in that. Toronto. We did wow. that years and years and years ago. You remember good actors. You always do, right? In your career, my career's exploded by then. So yeah. he's done very well. He's doing us a solid. He's coming on to play the Chicken Man. One, one, right? So I and he actually I looked him up last night, and he did a short film called. Chicken man. Wow. Chicken man. And he played pre man. Pre 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 sons called the chicken man. And so there I go. Remember Bachman? We talked about Stephen yeah. King Bach. Does Sutter, just, does Sutter just know all this shit? So Sutter, Sutter, just... Sutter knows him from the shield. He played detective Billings. On so the he must have known. Maybe. So he knew about chicken it. Man. And, Fuck. And He's so great in it because he calls Juice Juan Carlos, which no one ever does, ever. I said that. No, and I love that. Hey, here's what I got from Juice in that. Again, remember, I didn't do a ton of acting in the first three seasons. One of the things that I felt and put a smile on my face when I watched it, when he's at that car window, Juice really is so innocent. Like I was looking at him and I was just like, this kid is so endearing. And I think that's what makes the downfall so much uh, more. Oh, more rewarding and sad and and rips your heart out. He's just so like, yeah, chicken man. Sure. I'll get in the car. Like, Hey, what is it? Right. And you know, Marciano's leaned over that wheel, you know, chicken man. And he's so whatever. And then he gets in and obviously, you know, the bullshit MC that we talked about earlier, you know, beats the shit out of him and, and does the worst thing that you can possibly do. Oof which we don't come to find out until the next scene, but they take his cut, right? So Chicken Man's amazing in that. Um, I love- And I, and I, and I got to say, while you're, while you're thinking there, I, as Kim Coates, now, when I watched it, remember, but I'd forgotten how the fuck you lost your cut. Because remember, we, we, we reviewed one me. of these- I didn't know either, yeah. You know, but I couldn't remember how- 
It was the chicken man's van with Salazar in the back with his bullshit fucking club, just ripping you off, just taking it right off your back. Did we ever get the chicken man back? No. We never did. No, I don't think so. Just the one episode. Uh, we should have somehow like did something. Couldn't, affo- couldn't, couldn't afford him. Couldn't, couldn't afford him. Should have did something. He was something making $400,000 an episode. We couldn't afford <laughs> Chicken man. No. Imagine that. Um, so I, I here's, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> He was making we don't have enough time two ham sandwiches. Um, so we go to the hospital after the chicken man van, and there's something that happens in that scene. They leave me to get stitched up because I get beat up, and you guys go. What's funny is Ron improv that scene where he slaps me in the ass. And he okay, goes, does that hurt? Okay, but but I okay. Yeah, I yeah. said. When Clay hits you in the back or the ass, and did that hurt? Was that scripted? No. Okay. It wasn't. See, that kind of shit to me, it just, it warms my heart. That kind of improv acting, because we had such a good script anyway, but to be able to ad lib and sometimes it all got cut out and sometimes they kept it and blah, blah. That's, that's good shit. It is. And here's what I tell young actors all the time. Keep going stay in it until they call cut don't stop i've worked with actors where like i'm working with them and i'll do something that's not scripted that is you know whatever and they'll go that's not the line and i go no 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 don't do that don't do that like we're here we're here like go 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 this is real life and certain people are good at it certain people aren't so when ronnie did that and i reacted to it i had to yes. react to it because i'm in the scene it's fucking as beautiful someone who's hurt people don't realize that those little nuances are what make life real that's and when i say life i mean acting life like what makes the between yeah. action and cut real you know this better than anyone but there are certain people that are so fearful of that because they don't really have a grasp on it all. And to me, what I found is in, in my career, and I know I'm definitely know you're going to agree. Some of the best stuff I've ever done wasn't planned. That's a little thing. There's ones that are a lot bigger. Um, and I just think that it just shows like when you're in those characters and you're flowing and you're, and you're boogieing, you're just going, man. And, uh, so, and that happens later when you're in the warehouse and we're going to get to that. That's like some of that stuff that I see going on. And so, so I want to tell you before we go to that, after that scene, Tara and Gemma scene in the hospital, Tara's rehashing what happened. Gemma, that scene, by the way, when she says quite the secret queen lately, she <sighs> tells her when she says to her, if that was your kid, what she would have done. I, I, are you done? Yeah, I, I never yeah. want to cut you off. We, we, we ham and egg this show so fucking beautifully. Boy, some of those Gemma and Tara scenes were so charged with guilt. And the queen bee coming down on the queendom. Tara did absolutely all she could with half sack on that horrible circumstance. And still, Gemma is bitingly cruel. Meaning, she's the fucking queen, man. What if that was your kid? What? what it just, it just, she just ripped it, Tara. Nonstop. Nonstop. And that's, that's, that's that Tara Gemma thing that we have for six seasons. 
that love, that hate, that bitter, that. And sees her crying and doesn't let up. She no. literally just keeps going. And the thing is that what I love so much is Gemma's, Gemma means every word she said in that. If that was your kid, you would have jumped in front of a bullet. But it's not. And it's not your kid. And then she finds out she's pregnant. Then she, you know, she curls well, then I that. just I mean, I mean, just Gemma drops the how long, how far along are you? I, I went, wait, wait, I had to stop. I didn't Re- replay. Did you know? I didn't know. No. Well, I mean, I knew that it's coming. But is Jax know? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you think I know? No. I'm just Tig Trigger. I'm just, I got a painting <laughs> behind me, buddy. I don't yeah, have I a clue. Anybody. No, me neither. So she says, but this is what I love about their relationship. She says the queen is secrets, you know, uh, lately. And Tara, just so she doesn't get beaten to a pulp by Gemma <laughs> verbally says, I learned from the best. Yes. Yes. It was so such at least a she just combat. sneaks in a little jab. Like I a just little gotta jab. sneak it in. I know I'm getting destroyed in this round, but let me just sneak one in to oh, show I that I'm not completely I love, weak. I love so, it. Here it is, Maureen coming in, right? She's always the heel. Now, here's my question. Again, you probably don't know. I don't even know why I'm asking. I might as well just yell it into the void. I know nothing, but go ahead. Tara beat Maureen's ass in an episode that we reviewed. She did. Is that pre or post this? It's post. She beat her ass later. I think so. Are you sure? Because we're in no. season three here. You're <laughs> not sure. Okay. No, I'm not sure. But I, I, I just, I really seem, I, I think. When McNally says to Tara, well, uh, if you have a better one, then good, because I don't know how to tell the parents we may not be able to save that child. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Was it before or after? I don't fucking know, Thea. Oh, no. Okay. But so it's, then, it's, it seems like a know. pretty it seems like a pretty great thing to come back with after Gemma goes down hard on, on Tara. Tara comes out in the hallway and basically McNally saying, you're the best doctor this country has, let alone charming. You're not going anywhere. You're, you're staying right, right here. Right. And there's a there's a look on, on, on Maggie's face that, again, was so subtle and real, whereas I'm still not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. And I, and right. I believe that. Because McNally actually, uh, more, uh, whatever her name is, uh, Maureen, the character, not Maureen. Um, I don't know what her character name is. I forget all the time. McNally. Like, McNally. McNally's just such a great, yeah. great name. To She's have. the head nurse, head, head, whatever. She, um, she actually seemed like she cared about Tara in that moment. Okay. So we, we really cut really quick to McGee. He says, lock up the store to, uh, to Trinity. He's, uh, it's, he's shady, right? He's just shady. There's something going on. I don't on know if he's shady. I'm not sure. I mean, Andy McPhee, right? Andy Seems loved shady. playing that guy. Very tall. It's very tall. He's very tall, but he is part of the first nine. So again, it's all over like only two guys, or maybe Piney's too. His cut is denim cut. First nine. First nine. McGee that's a hell has of a patch. That's a hell of a patch to have. So anytime you got first nine on your patch, I'm sitting back and I'm listening. You're Irish, you were in America, they came to see you, John Teller back in the day. Like there's there's some history here, which is why Sutter wanted to do this entire season in the first place. And here we go. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember we, we've been all over the world for the military and we've been to all the bases and we've been to heaven. They always give you the coins, right? The challenge coins or, yeah. you know, um, and we would always say like when we were in Iraq or whatever, if you got one from colonels. Or generals. Generals, the whole, right? No, generals, right? I, had, I, got one from, I got one from a four-star general, which is right. as high as, there's only been a couple of five-star patent was one. 
There's only been two. And, and, and I think anyway. I have like a three star and a two star. And I remember yeah. thinking like, if you have those, those are absolutely amazing. Kind of reminds me a little like those first nine patches, right? Like the 100%. You got that, like that's it. You got that. That's on. a great analogy. That's right? it. I'm listening to you. Okay. So now we get to my man, one of my favorite actors in Hollywood. One of the greatest guys, Michael Beach, for a quick scene. <laughs> Every time we saw his name on the call sheet, how happy were we? Oh, the There's just something greatest. warm about him. He does it all. He's always in good shape. He's funny. He's really hits his mark and knows his lines. And you want to hang with him. I want to hang with him all the time. I'm He's listening. a pro. He rides the shit out of motorcycles in real life. He's a he was and he's a mensch. I mean, you know this about Michael. When we did those three years of, of One Heart Source, all those charities, we raised 400 grand over three of them. Michael Beach was always our MC. He came and, you know, introduced everybody. And he was just, he's our boy, man. I love that. Have you worked with him prior to this? No. Oh, you no. hadn't? Okay. So he he does a lot of work with Charles Murray, too. He, um, Charles, I bet. EP, uh, they've worked a bunch together. And Beach and I, I've always been a, He's been around forever. He's been in everything. He's been working forever and he's always working. Yeah. He's always in everything. And when he came on Sons, he literally came on like the leader of a motorcycle gang. Like he came right on with his big bike, with his apes. And he was just like, let's go. And again, like you said, I think for us, because we were moving at such a high pace, when someone like Beach comes in and he's just like, there was the guy. Yeah. Sometimes there's like a, a period where you go, is this going to work? Is this character work? He came in right away and you're like, oh, now I know why they're going to bring these guys back all the time. All the and they time. Would come back just for one scene. Yeah. 20 guys for one scene, which people don't realize gets expensive, right? You're bringing them in for one scene, 20 guys. And, uh, and, but they're always pertinent. And we, he would come in and he became such a, I mean, I think, I don't want to ruin anything, but later in the seasons, does he become a member of Sons? Oh boy, he's a grim bastard, right? He's a grim bastard. Is he's that right? Grim, grim bastard. bastard. I think he becomes. A do, do we? I think you know what we we let him in. Holy fuck! What a nice memory. It was season six or seven, man. When we're seven, not even patch our, him our, in at the end. Our, our our clubhouse is completely blown up. We're meeting in an ice cream parlor up above. We got a whole new. And I think and I, think I remember they patch him in. Oh boy. Okay, but we'll get. I hope to we're that right in ten yeah. years. I hope we're right too. Okay, so here we go. Tig is going undercover. Okay, so I wanted to talk about please, this scene. Please, so, do. Michael Orenstein, you want to talk about funny. You want to talk about, I mean, I keep talking about if I came back, well, who would I want to play? I sort of ingest, say, Chucky, because I just enjoyed his shit so much. When Michael Orenstein, so we get we get challenged by, by Jax to go do the thing, get in the warehouse, do the thing, take some photos, get in, out, go do it. Ornstein comes flying out of that van like Bruce Willis. He slams <laughs> his back against the van like like Batman. Like he like I'm Bruce Willis. I'm in an action movie and I'm looking around like because that's what they would do. No, I I just laughed so hard. That's fucking comedy. We walk in, we walk into this place, and again, you're very good at pointing this out. We're in a different time now. It's a different writing style. It's a different thing now. All the movements that are so needed and, and God bless them all. But honestly, I'm not sure I could say some of the lines that I say in this episode. Like, I, I put my hand on his head. I think that was a TIG thing. Now that I'm see, watching the show, I do it a couple of times. Or some, like, answer later, come, 
I put my hand on people's heads. Like that's so unnerving. Like, but I just fucking did it anyway. And here's Michael. And I go, okay. Um, aisle to the right act Mexican. Mm-hmm. Hola, hola. Okay. And he says, yeah, yeah. Okay. Como esta? I said, act Mexican. Like that's so, uh, derogatory but funny but tig like but the climate i don't know man it was just a fun day that day with me and fucking michael ornstein skips when he runs so yeah like, did you see he's that running he skips a little which is really funny yeah. um and the way you but you have to understand what makes the scene funnier and more interesting is the dichotomy between tig calm just puts his boot at the door to hold the door open Oh, good. You noticed oh, that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, you, cool. He, you mosey in. He's like a jackrabbit, right? So, <laughs> so that's what makes things funny because he's a jackrabbit and you're just like, just calm down. Like you just do I'll this, seven. right? Just go. Right. Yeah. Just go do this. So now you got him being all crazy all over and here you are. You bust out the flip phone, which is amazing. Uh, and you know, Love that. Of, uh, yeah. It's the fact that we still had the flip phone. Um, this is your, he's over there. He he's getting beat up. You got to run and figure out what's going on. You get the phone call from them because the, the, the Mayans or whatever, the, whoever. Yeah. yeah. The Salazar's. The, Salazar's. Crew they want to, they want to be part of the Mayans. So they're all they're coming in and you have to jump on that thing to drive. Did you have to like test drive that? Did you have to learn how to I drive? Just, it? just wrote it down. That power yes. jack, that power jack. Uh, when I was working at Safeway in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. When I was 15, 16, I wore a wig because I wanted long hair. You could never have long hair back then, but I wanted long hair when I was in high school. So I used to wear a wig and I was the head part-timer, man. And I was, I would catch shoplifters. I was like on fire. And my favorite time was Saturday when the back stock was all done and my job as head part-timer. I'm 15, 16 years old. They would get me on this power jack and I would learn how to lift up crates and lift up, you know, pallets. And, and I was good at it. So that day, God, was it Gwyneth? Whoever directed this beautiful episode, I'm not sure Sorry, now, Randy. but ahead, was I it Gwyneth? I, I, if it was, Gwyneth has officially directed every episode we've or, ever done. And we've ever talked about it. Or was it Billy? I don't remember now, but God, it was good. Anyway, I remember they said to me, okay, so do you want to drive one of these things? I go, drive one? I've got one in my driveway. I mean, of course I want to drive one. It just reminded me of the entire time when I was in Safeway. So, so you I knew got, right away how to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got on that thing and it was just they only they only it's gave Gwyneth me, again. Gwyneth was it Gwyneth? Good, yeah. good. Look at that. Good memory, Coatsy. So I just and I I I barreled down that first take rehearsal, just a rehearsal. Safety first. That's been my nickname, as you know. Safety first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samly. You know, even even I was Samly. That that first take, they went great. Slow the fuck down. Wow. I went copy that. So then I just got a little slower and uh, yeah. Because it had the forklift in front that you could have uh-huh. hit them with. Yeah. It's just, you know, it was, it was, I, I never, it wasn't Kim Coates who actually, it was TIG when you saw him take off. And then it was a stunt forklift driver who actually hit all those things. Hi, baby. Are you out of here? You saying hi to Theo? Hi, Theo. Dai says hi. And everyone else. Hi, Dai. And everyone else. Millions of the world are watching you. Thanks, Dai. Love you, too. I know it's lunchtime. So, so, okay. So now that scene, which is just great. Again, you're going on your own. The guys are outside. And when you get to do stuff like that, again, we talk about it all the time. It's just so much fun, right? Okay. So we're back to Belfast. 
Yeah. McGee, McGee's confronting uh, Maureen. Maureen. Yeah. I, all I wrote was great scene. She's such a beast. <sighs> um, obviously they're together, right? There. Okay. Okay. They're together. She's in it at all. Times. To win it. She's, she's in, in it, it for win. the, for the baby. She's and for she's in it as an actor. She's in oh, yeah, it. Yeah, her eyes yeah, are in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's a great Paul, scene between Paula. them two. He's, he's a problem, right? Um, after their little scene, we go to Dejan. Well, hang on, but 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 I'm sorry, Theo. I got to add to that. When she says to him, "I love you, Mac," and I would do anything for the club, but this matter includes the other half of my life. The other half of my Which life. Is the army. No, no, I don't think so. I oh, think the other half it? of her life. It's the baby. It's the baby and John Teller and the past and the love she had for that man. And thinking about, you know, who is Jax to her, which we'll, we'll get into more. But honestly, I know I, I think this in, in includes the other half. Like, I love you, but the other half of my life was John Teller. Got it. Way, that's Got what it. I think this was. The Got fans it. can tell me I'm insane, but I, no, I no, think you, that's what it is. You're probably right. And she also has a great line in that scene where she says, listen, if I do something to you, you'll smack me around. If I do something to them, they'll cut my head off with like a razor wire. You know that's what I mean? Right. Like. The the, That's the, right. the 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 repercussions are a little different here. That's right. Um, and I and I love that she said that because it just shows the severity of the scene. So the Gemma phone call. Um, we got to get to Belfast. He says, right? You know, Gemma Gemma makes that call, right? Yeah. Here we uh, go. Yeah. Here we go. Right. We now know it's confirmed. Um, I wrote. Again, Stahl comes in again, dropping the news. And when he, she, when Stahl basically says everything, like you're not going to have a deal, this is going to happen. Going, you're going down. There's no coming back. I wanted to it's over say my, it's over my head, man. I mean, okay. it's not really, but fuck. But I want, but I want to say something here. This is amazing, right? This is why this episode's so much, so much more important than I thought it was. In that moment, right there. We've already reviewed the season finale of three. Correct. That's when Jax devises the entire plan. Yes. Yes. Good cat. Yes. Good catch. The whole thing. The whole thing. You see it in Charlie's face. And and did he know at that time what Kurt was going to write? Who who knows? But at that moment, he clocked it. He clocked it. The whole thing. The whole plan existed in his head. And he knew from then on in. Follows her out, takes the pictures, how you know what's gonna happen later when he's at her. But he knew Jack's like he goes and stalks her, takes a picture of her car, he's gonna follow in house. He has this entire plan, which is the entire season. We have another eight episodes. And Charlie Jacks has found out that his boy is in Belfast. Yeah. He's found out in this episode that Jimmy O. Is is a is a devious lying mofo, yes. and he's decided against all odds he's going to go against Eric to get his son back, protect his mother and the club. We don't know how he's going to do any of it, but this is the seeds. He's laying the seeds right here, right now. Okay, so so I love that, and I love seeing it happen. Like I'm like, oh my, my favorite episode ever, three thirteen. This is the origination yeah, right here in his eyes, you. and it was good so cool to see. Um. So 
we know now the IRA boys loading guns. They're loading the guns into that truck, and I start yep. to hear a song kick in. So in my mind, yeah, because a little Pop loves dogs. I'm like, oh, it's oh, the, the it's show's old. ending. No. Something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Jax comes in, hood on, gun to his cheek. And you go, okay, they're going to play a montage. And we're going to, something bad's going to happen. I, I, in my mind, I thought it's going to end with him having the gun to him. It doesn't. The episode's no. far from over. Yeah. Um, Jax and Gemma in the hospital. So now he kind of tells her, you know, whatever he hears her out. She he tells him everything and he's on his mission to Stahl's house. Tell me about Stahl's house when he gets there. Okay. So Stahl's house, right? I want to ask you first before I t- t- talk to you about the scene. Is this the first time that we see that that's her girlfriend? Yes. That that's Stahl's yes. girlfriend? Yeah. Because he lives, says living... bringing your work home with you. It's the first time it's ever seen. Yeah. Okay. Great. Because some really interesting things happen, right? Jax knocks on the door. Stahl comes to the door with a gun. She obviously looked before. It's Jax. What the fuck is going on? He's going, and he opens his cut, opens, shows, I got no weapon. This is just those two, Stahl and Jax, those two. I mean, I get my little moment. Clay in prison had his moment. He's still, but Jax and Stahl, they are the, 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 the kind of top, at top of their game, those two when they're together, because you don't know what's going to come out of their mouths. There's an incredible hate for one another, but it's all lavender when they're talking. It's mm-hmm. all going to be. She comes outside. They're going to make a deal. What are you talking about? But again, the way Allie played her, the way she and sniffs, mm-hmm. and she's always sniffing around to see. You said it earlier in this episode that we're talking about how she wanted to make her job. She wanted to be on top of her, and no matter how she did it, she was going to lie. She was going to cut people down. She was going to cheat and steal to be the best cop in cop folklore. And what happens in this scene? Jack says he can give that to her. He can give that to her. And but he's opening the door to the back of that van, and there's Luke in the back of the van, all tied up. And they keep talking like the deal, the deal of the century. It's happening right in front of our eyes, right there, right? Yeah, and th- and there's there's a couple of things that I noticed in that scene as an actor that I absolutely love, right? Because as an audience member, when Jax is outside the door of her home, first thing I would think if I was stalled, she's got a little snub nose gun, right? She comes yeah. out, and yeah. the first thing, even though he's not armed, she would think, are the other guys there to kidnap her, to bum rush her, throw her in the back of a trunk, to, to bag her up, right? And she plays that. As an actor, she comes out. She doesn't just look at Jax. She no, around, all around. Right? Good for her. Amazing, amazing moment. Cause uh, you know, a lesser actor might've just come out and dealt with what was in her face. She's dealing with bigger issues and thinking on the bigger scale. Okay. Then when we see Luke in the back of that car, my first thought is, wow, Jack's just revealed himself to like an IRA guy. And he says, no, no lawyers, no one, no one can know anything. And she goes, well, I have to get you to paperwork. He goes, no paperwork. So we're watching the whole plan happen. No paperwork. He's thought of everything. No lawyers. He can't talk to Jimmy O. There can't be any paperwork because that would tie, because we know this thing from doing 313 already is a setup. And she's, because she's so desperate to be, to win. Yeah. She's so desperate to win. She has to take this guy's advice and his, his offer in a way. And again, no music, 
know nothing. And she says, again, we hear the word rat. And whenever you hear the word rat, who's going to believe the prince turned rat? When you hear that and you're now as an audience member, the episode ends and you just go, wait a second. How could he not? He's working with Saul. How could he not be? No matter how delusional you are, how could he not, not be? Not only is he not working with Stahl, because he is, he says, it's you and me. We are all we got, June. He wow. calls her by her first name. Wow. That one simple line, it's you and me. Wow. That's all we have, June. It's amazing. Boom. Slam that, that door so, boom. And there's the Reaper. Boom. There's the face. And no song, no song in the entire show. Not yeah. one song, not one tune. A little bit of a tinkle, like you talked about yeah. five minutes ago in the show, but that went nowhere. Really weird. Going, weird. Going, but turning and turning. Turning and turning. Good job, son, on that turning. Yeah, and and, uh, and, and really great. And uh, so we're going to be jumping back to uh, to season one, which is going to feel like, I, I can't even believe what that's going to look like, going back to that. Um, again, skinny, no hair. Figure it out on a put weird, the cut on. Yeah. Weird. We're gonna go back. We got it. We got a couple episodes to wrap up in that season. And uh I think we did like six or something in that one. We'll get into some of those. That's gonna be strange to go back to. And then uh listen for everybody who didn't get the limited merch. We're we're trying to work on something. I'm I'm really putting the boots to standard print. I got their sweatshirt on. I'm gonna try something. I don't know if it'll happen. Don't hold me to it. Um it might, you know, listen, we might just put Kim's face on a shirt and just sell it. You know, it just might be like, hey, here we go. There it is. You know, you know what someone said? Someone horrifying. Said, horrifying. Well, there was the Tiga So Weird uh, clip this week. But um, but listen, this was great. I, I'm really making a turn on season three. And I think everybody agrees. And again, big love to every single person who uh, who wrote me on Rocco. Um, Kim and I are all over. We got to we're just. Just keep keep spreading that kindness, people. It's really felt, and I think everybody's doing the right thing. You know, one thing I wanted to say that we do, and a lot of people make comments about Kim, is um, the joy of just two friends talking, two brothers yeah, how about that? conversation, and just enjoying ourselves. And, uh, and none of this shit is planned. We didn't plan to do this for any other reason of we've never seen the show and we like fucking talking to each other. Um, I just want to say that I'm appreciative of every single person that gets enjoyment out of this because I assure you that I get a lot of fucking enjoyment out of it. Well, well said, Theo. And I, I also want to mention at the end of the show that because of Rocco, uh, I, I am doing a couple of uh, Zoom calls for an incredible charity in New York that helps save dogs. Amazing. I'm doing I'm doing two of them, first and second place. I said. I don't want to do one. I want to do two. So I'm going to give a little shout out to one of these girls, um, Reggie Murphy. Yeah, R-E-G-E-V-E-M-U-R-P-H-Y. The best. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's her real name, but she loves the name Reggie, I think, because of her dog. Yeah, it's her dog's name. Anyway, I'm going to give a special shout out to her for what she's been doing with her family right now. And it's a whole other thing. But I, I, I loved Rocco. Uh, you love Tara, my dog, and the things that we do for animals, you and I, uh, is easy for you and me because they're the best. And, uh, yeah, and wear a mask. Also, yeah, wear a mask. And, wear a mask. And, and the other thing, just Take be care kind. Just be kind to people. And listen, you know, just 
think about all the distractions that you have in your life. If you can learn one thing from me over this last whatever week or whatever it's been is that we distract ourselves with a lot of things, even good things, to not deal with ourselves. Um, take some time for yourself, especially in these moments and this the way the world is. And just, you know, I think it'll be really helpful for everyone and for all the people that are taking time with us and, uh, you know, bringing some kind of joy into their life. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we're, uh, hopefully we're, we're good examples and we're not, uh, well, I know I am. I, I, know, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know about me. I'm but trying. I am. You definitely are. Look at that and smile. That, I love that fucking smile. Get the fuck out of here. I love you, brother. Get out love of here. Love you, buddy. Right. See you in a week. I'll see you soon. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know the deal. Theory Pod, hashtag Theory Pod, capital T-H-E-O, small R-Y, capital P-O-D. If we're talking Reaper Reviews, it's the hashtag Reaper Reviews with the double R. Go everywhere where the where this podcast is available and go subscribe and follow Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, wherever. And, uh, and then if you want to see the videos, go on to YouTube and subscribe to the page. We got some cool stuff coming. Um, like I always say, this life goes by in a blink. So stay up, stay awake, keep being the example, um, and let's keep making a difference. All right? All right. Hey, yo. Shout out to my crew, the Theory Team. The team. Okay, starting with my incredible editor, Caroline Kawash, to the incredible design skills of Cesar Arvello, to the other designer slash web slash everything, Justin Tordella. Go look them up. Go follow them. Go thank them. They're an incredible team, and I wouldn't be even remotely able to do a second of this without them. So. Shout out to the entire theory team, uh, or as we say in New York, big up, um, incredible people, incredible humans, and I'm fortunate and proud to have them.